Hello, this is Erwin Raphael McManus. I'm the lead pastor of Mosaic. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you, and that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hi, everyone. Merry Christmas. I'm Kim. And I'm her husband, Irwin McManus. Merry Christmas to all of you guys, and welcome to Home for the Holidays. Yeah, you're in our house, and we wished you could each one of you be in our living room. But this this is the best way, right? Yeah, and we love our Mosaic family all over the world. And wherever you are right now, we just hope that each week you take time to join us for this time. We love the stories that we hear as you send us um, your, your messages. And we love what God is doing in the world. God is active and alive and has been doing amazing things. And this year, very difficult year, uh, I love the body of Christ, how things are getting done around the world. It's beautiful. Uh, today we're gonna study the scriptures together as we, as we are in the book of Luke. And the story is this, um, Mary, obscure, nobody knows who Mary is. And then an angel of the Lord appears to her and says to Mary, Mary, you're gonna have um, a baby boy. <laughs> and, and of course she says, how? How? I'm a virgin. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the angel of the Lord says, but God has, he has found favor with you. He has seen you, Mary. And he, he, he wants to birth the Son of God through you. And as perplexed and as overwhelming as that was, she said, I, I'm your servant. May it all be fulfilled. And she runs to the hills where her, uh, her cousin Elizabeth is. And Elizabeth sees her and says, blessed is she who has believed everything that uh, God would accomplish through her. And then this starts this beautiful song. Mary bursts into song, and I wanna read that. Is that good? Sounds beautiful. Very good. And it says, in this whole scenario, the word of God never fails. So it says, and Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. In Luke chapter one, verse 46, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. Like I am saying to my soul, glorify the Lord and to my spirit, rejoice in God. And for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary had moved uh, to extreme surprise and being overwhelmed and into song. And this song, her, her song and her words reflected how God can take something, uh, the finiteness of God, the, the, the insignificant among us. She called herself humble, that God had gazed on her humility and that she would forever be called blessed and that she knew in an instant, she went from um, being someone that would be totally unmemorable to someone who would, would always be remembered. 
She knew her place in history had been changed. She knew that her uh, her whole posture, that God can can take the humble and, and raise them up, just as he could take rulers and lower them. It seems to me that what you're describing is your life. Mm. It seems to me that Mary's story has parallels to your own story in terms of feeling insignificant, mm -hmm. feeling invisible, feeling as if there's no way God could see you. What was it like when, um, when you were a little girl and you were trying to figure out whether God knew you were here? Mm -hmm. um, interesting that I, I remember when I, that moment, when God, I felt God saw me, that God was in the room, um, that God looked on me. I never saw an angel. Uh, I never had those words exchanged. I just knew that he um, uh, he came and he told me what to do next. And um, when I heard that voice, I knew God, f he was real. And uh, What do you mean when you said he told you what to do next? What did he tell you to do? He, he said just, he, um, it was, the, it was the, the, the knowing, the knowing that I was supposed to walk down the street to where the church was, and I was supposed to walk in the door as an orphan and just be there and do that a thousand times. And I did it. Hmm. And, and in that thousand times walking down that road, I met Jesus. When you were reading the passage, it made me think how, uh, one, it's interesting how you have to take your glasses on and off. <laughs> drives, you, drives you crazy. Drives you crazy, doesn't it? So you put your glasses on so you can read the words in the text. Then you have to take them off to see everything else. And I was noticing in the passage how it says that God sees the humble. Mm -hmm. And I, I had this image of God taking on and putting off his lens where when you want God to see you, you have to choose humility. When you want God to see you, you choose compassion. You choose to live a life of, of honor or courage. And, and a lot of times in, in the world around us, we see people because they're, they're powerful or they're wealthy or they're celebrities or they're famous. Or, you know, I started thinking about, look at all the people who we see and what we look at and what God looks at are different things. Right. And, and, I, and I, as I was listening to the passage, there's this tension where, you know, he says he's mindful of the humble. And so God pays attention. And so he, you know, there's 7 billion people on the planet. But whenever God sees someone who demonstrates humility, they come on God's radar. They, they, they come into focus with God. And whenever we're full of ourselves or we're arrogant or unkind or bitter or, um, or greedy, it's almost as if we... Um, we move out of God's line of sight in terms of what he's drawn toward. And, and it just follow down the passage, go down to verse, um, let's see, 50 says, His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. It says he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He scatters those who are proud in their inner thoughts. And when I saw that, I thought, wait a minute, here's this warm Christmas story. And then you have this really intense description. He scatters those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. So he gives this contrast. Yeah. He, he thinks about the humble, but he scatters those who are arrogant. And the question really came to my mind is, because um, people ask me, you know, when 
they're asking tough questions about whether God exists and whether God is real, is, you know, is God against us? You know, and uh, because there's a lot of language in the Bible where there's this tension, like he scatters those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. And really the question isn't, is God against you? The question is, are you against God? That there is something God is actually doing in human history. And this is what Mary's song is actually declaring, that God is doing something in human history and it actually has a direct impact on who we are. And so God is moving all of human history toward the good. Mm. And if you're at war against the good, you're at war against God. God is moving all of human history toward compassion. And if you're against compassion, you're, you're fighting against God. God is moving all of human history, that everything would be leveraged toward the humble, uh, toward, the, um, toward the compassionate, toward those who express kindness and um, forgiveness. And God is leveraging all of history toward them. And if you're warring against the humble, if you're warring against um, the broken, if you're warring against uh, those who um, are filled with, with, with sorrow and burden, that you're actually warring against the very people God is fighting for. Mm-hmm. Now, this is such a beautiful um, declaration from Mary that uh, God saw her. I mean, that's really her song, yeah. right? I mean, it's, it's poetic, but she's really saying, I cannot believe that God saw me. And I know that's exactly what you've carried all your life. You can't believe that God saw you. And everybody wants to be seen. Absolutely. But sometimes we do all the wrong things to be seen. We, we focus on fame and celebrity. We become full of like pride and self-indulgence and we become narcissistic as a culture and and it's also that we can be seen but the irony is that the more we become full of pride and the more we're full of ourselves even though other people can see us we feel more invisible Mm. and and yet it's when we choose a life of servanthood and humility when we choose a life of kindness and compassion that's when god sees us and i think there's a there's an interesting tension there because on, uh, on Giving Tuesday, our focus for all of our music uh, community around the world uh, was to give to the educational initiative that's focusing on building the school in, uh, in Malawi. And the people who give will never be seen by the people in Malawi, but they will be seen by God. And I think sometimes we have to decide, is it more important for us to be seen by others or to be seen by God? Is it more important for others to be thinking about you? Or is it more important for you to be on God's mind? And this is such a great reminder to me because you look at Jesus and all of his humility. You see him come into the world in simplicity and poverty. And you would think, well, why would that person be on the mind of God? But this was God's idea of how he should come into human history. So when God was looking at the full spectrum of human history, of whether you could come as a king or you could come as a uh, conqueror, you could come as a philosopher or a nobleman, um, or you could maybe if he came now, he'd come as a celebrity or somebody who's really just crushing it on TikTok. And, uh, and yet what God decides is, no, the way to actually be seen through the eyes of eternity is to come with humility and simplicity, to come with kindness and compassion, to come as the living manifestation of forgiveness and grace and mercy and love. And that's who is seen most clearly in heaven. Mm. So I guess my question would be, um, how clearly are you seen in eternity? 
if your life was to be a measure of, of self-indulgence or greed or, or self-promotion or pride, it's almost as if we become invisible through the eyes of eternity. But when we choose a life of servanthood and compassion, of, of kindness and, and care, it's almost as if um, there's a celebrity, you know, because the word celebrity comes from the word celebrate. Mm -hmm. And maybe what's happened is in our own culture, we're celebrating the wrong things, but in eternity, the right things are being celebrated. Beautiful. And Jesus points the way to what God celebrates. God celebrates sacrifice. God celebrates generosity. God celebrates God mercy. Celebrates mercy. God celebrates compassion. And that's one of the reasons I love Christmas. It's because I think we're celebrating the right things because of who Jesus is. You, know, you may be listening right now and, and you, you know about Jesus and maybe you know all the stories about Jesus and Christmas even creates a, a sense of warmth for you, but, but you know that you've never actually crossed the line of faith and trusted Jesus with your life. I mean, there's no better decision to make during Christmas than to open your life to Jesus, who is the Christ that Christmas is all about. And so if you're listening right now and, and you know that there's a disconnection between you and God, and that it's time, it's finally time to trust your life to Jesus, to give your life to Jesus, I wanna lead you just in a simple prayer right now, just a one sentence prayer where you can put your life in his hands. It's not everything you and God need to talk about, but it's, a, it's the right starting point. So if you're ready to give your life to Jesus right now, just pray this prayer. Jesus, I give you my life. Right now, wherever you are right now, just tell him, Jesus, I give you my life. That's what God is waiting for. Jesus already gave his life for you. He's just waiting for you to give your life to him so that he can put his life in you. He can bring to you forgiveness and freedom, hope, joy, and a future. So if you gave your life to Jesus, would you go to mosaic.org slash follow Jesus and let us know that you've made this decision to follow Jesus right now. We wanna surround you with prayer. We wanna help you on your spiritual journey. And by the way, welcome home. We're so excited that you've joined the family of Jesus, which makes us all a family now. And we wanna remind you guys, we'll be here again next week for Home for the Holidays. So Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for joining us on the Mosaic Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Mosaic. Your sacrifice makes this podcast possible and creates life change all over the world. You can be a part of spreading this message around the world by going to mosaic.org give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.